Welcome to the Run for PRs podcast. This is your host, Victoria Phillippe. The Run for PRs podcast was created to give away the secrets to transform your training to reach your goals. We ask all the expert run coaches and athletes the questions that you've been dying to know the answers to. We will get the inside scoop on what really makes you the best athlete that you can be. Have you ever seen a fast runner and wonder, wow, how did they get so fast? Well, then this podcast is for you. We are going to do a deep dive to reveal the secrets to reaching your potential as a runner. Pacing plans for your fall races. Last week, we chatted about the marathon taper And we ended our podcast chatting about the mental side of training. And it is so important to go into the race mentally ready to tackle the big events ahead. Part of being mentally prepared is having a solid pacing plan and knowing exactly what you should be doing and how you should be feeling during each part of the race. Today, we will be chatting about ways to assess your fitness and to develop goals for your race, and then also when to establish this pacing plan for a half and a full marathon race, because you still might be a couple of weeks away from your actual goal race day. I have with me today, Jason Phillippe, who is a coach here at Run for PRs. He also has a decade of coaching experience at the college, high school, middle school level, as well as coaching at the club level where he started in 2013 um, with one of the biggest run clubs, Lifetime Fitness, um, here in Minnesota. And since then, he's been working with a lot of marathon athletes, half marathoners, um, and even people, adults who start uh, running as adults and who just want to run their first 5K and then just building them into becoming marathoners. So definitely a very experienced coach. And um, he's done several marathons himself, including Boston. Um, So have I. And we are both here just to kind of talk about this developing of pacing plans for fall races because you know we talk a lot about the training and all of the the things to do with your training and when to do the long runs and you might have trained perfectly but your pacing plan is the one thing that's going to help you execute and be able to perform to your fitness potential on race day and this is kind of like the make or break um ultimately pacing is the most important thing when it comes to race day and reaching your potential. And so it's argumentatively the most important part of the sport. So we're really going to chat about pacing today and how to prepare yourself for this. Um, so Jason, as you're just gearing in for some races yourself, I know you're very experienced with racing. Um, how do you assess your fitness level right now with 20 years of experience versus someone who maybe is just starting out, um, maybe they've only been running for a year or two, and this is going to be maybe one of their first, if not their first, you know, half or full marathon. Um, are there differences in what you go over and how does it just look from your perspective as an athlete and then coaching runners? Um, are there any differences? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of this is going to depend on, you know, what is the race distance that we're talking about here? Because, um, you know, depending on how much experience you have as an athlete, that will impact how we approach your pacing plan. So for me, for example, for like a 5K, I've done so many of them and I kind of know, um, you know, 
how, how my, the bulk of my training should be to run a certain time. Um, I'm able to easily identify what is my range, you know, within about 20 to 30 seconds, I would say, um, that I should be capable of running based on my current fitness. Um, and that just depends on kind of recent training, like weekly mileage over the past few, few weeks, a few months, um, how many workouts I've done, what was I able to hit during workouts. So it's pretty easy for me to identify, you know, kind of that range, um, for, for an athlete that I would coach, um, again, I'd look at their experience. I would look at some of their workouts, specifically more speed endurance and, um, kind of look for patterns. Like, are they running, um, consistent, you know, splits? Are they starting too fast and slowing down or is it the opposite? They're starting conservative, maybe just slightly faster than threshold. And then they are finishing, you know, the, the last rep is their strongest. So, um, I think that for 5k and shorter distances, it's going to be different. You know, obviously when we look at the longer stuff, like half marathon, marathon, um, weather's going to play a much bigger factor. And especially looking at, is the weather different, you know, um, on race day than it was during the training period. Um, how experienced they are, especially with the marathon. Um, you know, even myself, you know, I've ran probably, I think 10 marathons now I would, I'd still approach them on a, in a cautious, um, kind of standpoint where I would, I would go out slower than my, you know, much slower than my goal race pace, just because there's, there's always a lot of unknowns in that distance. Um, and you want to make sure that, you know, your feeling is, is going to be, um, setting you up for success on that day. And, um, you want to be feeling good, you know, coming through the halfway point. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, experience is definitely the biggest factor. And then probably, um, you know, recent workouts, um, consistency with workouts and with mileage, those are going to be the, the really the things that I'm looking at when we develop a pacing plan. Right. Yeah. There's so many factors that can go into these pacing plans. And I think it's just really important to remember that it's so individualized to each person, just like you were saying, you know, you've done so many 5Ks that you feel really confident about um, how aggressive you can be with your goal and you know exactly how you want to feel at each of these um, points in the race, um, where it's just, it's just comes so easy and natural to you. Um, whereas maybe it, it's someone's first time really racing a 5k to their full potential. It's going to look a little bit different in terms of how aggressive we want to be. And I think, you know, sometimes when we're on social media or Strava, or we start to play that whole like comparison game, um, of, oh, well I do similar workouts to her. Should I be able to run the same, time in a race, um, we start to like be unsure of what our own time goals should be. So we look at others and say, Oh, maybe that's what my goal should be. And so I think the biggest thing that we should, you know, strive for as athletes and coaches is to, you know, look within ourselves and try not to look at all the noise that's out there on social media. Um, just because someone has been hitting similar paces to you, uh, for workouts, or they have been, you know, racing next to you in other races does not mean that like their goal is necessarily your goal. Um, and I think sometimes we get too wrapped up in, you know, those little seconds per mile or, oh, I really want to hit that goal because this other person or my rival or whatever um, has hit it. But it's really important to remember this is a very individualized thing. So your goals um, might be different. And I think it's important to look within yourself and ask yourself kind of, what do I think I can run and not, not worry about, does it sound like a cool number or is it what someone else is running? Um, I'll share a story. My first marathon was, you know, almost eight years ago now. And you know, it was my first marathon. I hadn't really done any half marathons. I didn't have a lot of experience in the racing world. I had only been 
running races for two years maybe at that time, um, if that. And so I had limited racing experience. Um, and when it came to racing and pre- preparing for, you know, what sort of goal I should um, established for this first marathon of mine, um, I, I didn't really know. And I was very confused by uh, what a goal should be. Um, and that can be really intimidating to go into a race and have pretty much no idea of what you want your goal to be. Um, so I tried to narrow it down. And so in that process, I mistakenly, you know, kind of asked other people who I had ran races with and we were similar times. I said, well, what do you think I should run? Or <laughs> what is your goal for this? Um, and I just took whatever they were telling me, um, and I used that as my own goal. And so also other times, like asking people that maybe don't know your training very well. So one thing that I did, um, Jason and I, we were just dating at the time. He didn't really know what I was doing in terms of my training. Um, but you know, he was able to give me like ballpark ideas of where, you know, he thought my fitness was at, but we never really had like in-depth conversation and he was not coaching me at that time. So for him to kind of throw out numbers in, it just kind of was very confusing. It starts to blur the line of what do I want to run? Um, and really what my biggest goal was, and I didn't understand at the time that this is actually a goal that you can set for a race is I wanted to feel good during the race. Um, and I didn't know how to articulate that. I didn't know that that was an acceptable goal. And so I didn't allow myself to um, achieve that goal. Um, Instead, I got really wrapped up in the numbers. I said, oh, you know, it would be really cool to run a sub four um, because that's what a lot of people were kind of aiming at. They were telling me like, oh, you could probably run like 410 or 350. And I was just like, okay, so it's a sub four. Um, So all of my pacing, everything that day was really wrapped up in that number and how I could hit it instead of, okay, how do I want to feel what paces are going to work for me, how do I want to feel at each point during the race, Um, it just all kind of started to circle around this, you know, I got to run it at least like nine minute pace for the whole race, and um, the the focus really shifted, and I think that was a big mistake, because it ended up being a miserable experience for me, um, just because I wasn't listening to my body at all, I was very focused on the pace, and there were a lot of mistakes made, that I learned um, that day, but it's something that I think a lot of athletes can really learn from in terms of setting goals for race day. Um, They don't always have to be so pace specific. Uh, I think, you know, when we see numbers that are really clean cut, like a 359 marathon, um, that can really be such a driving force for us. And in reality, it, what difference is it really if you run a 359 versus a four-hour marathon? There really isn't a huge difference. And so you just need to think about how do I want to feel? And there are other ways to establish a pacing plan other than hyper-focusing on a specific pace that you have to hit. Um, I know we had an athlete a couple years back <clears throat> who wanted to run a sub four. That was a huge goal of his. Um, his PR at the time was like 503, um, did all the training on race day, we had a pacing plan. Um, he was anywhere in like the 405 to like sub four range. Um, he was very dead set, really wanted to run sub four. Uh, instead, he ran 403. So he ran a 62 minute marathon PR, which is like insane, right? I mean, that's huge. It's a huge accomplishment. Um, and But he was just shattered about it. And uh, it, was, it was tough to watch because he had a great execution of his race plan, but 
at the end of the day, it was like that little, you know, two minute number of being a 403 or three minutes, I guess, 403 versus a, you know, 359 that um, ended up being like this make or break thing. So I think the biggest takeaway here is focusing on other things outside of just, you know, hyper, hyper and focus on these paces. Um, so Jason, have you ever personally experienced um, a time where you're hyper focused on a time goal? Um, or like, what is your advice to athletes who kind of get caught in this trap? And is it common? Like, how do you see someone breaking out of that? Because I think a lot of people can recognize like what I'm talking about and be like, yeah, I kind of, I understand that. But how do you break through that mindset and get to like a different place where you're not obsessed with pace? Yeah, I think um, there's been a few races where I, I definitely had, I wouldn't ever say I was hyper-focused, but there were definitely time goals that I had. Um, I would say the most common would be like a 5K. Like I'd show up to a race and I'd really want to like break 16 minutes or, you know, depending on what shape I was in, what, in what year it might be, break 17 minutes. And so um, I think that, you know, it's okay to have those time-based goals, but I, I never really thought about like, um, oh my gosh, I have to hit the first mile in this split to be able to hit it. I kind of, again, I always give myself a range to set myself up for um, meeting that goal. Um, and for me, it's more about like how I want to feel, like like you mentioned, how you want to feel at certain parts of the race. And because of my experience, I feel like I, I, you know, I've had the mental training as well as the physical training to know how to approach the race, um, to know how to analyze the race as it's going on, to kind of identify like, am I on track or do I need to pick it up or can I just kind of sustain wh- where I'm at now? And so I think that, um, you know, through ex- racing experience, you develop, you know, mental training just as much as you do your physical training. And I think that's so important for um, when we talk about pacing plan and trying to reach goals, because a lot of it is mental, like your fitness is only going to get you so far in race day. And now if you, um, you know, if you're going to go out and execute to your a, to your potential and reach your A goal, that's going to be a result of having, you know, proper, um, you know, mental training and, you um, and just being able to execute. So I think that the more experienced you are, the easier that'll be for you. Confidence definitely plays a role in that. Um, and you get that through, um, you know, your tendencies of other races and, and thinking about like what went well for you and even workouts. Like if you're someone that's able to um, complete a workout and feel strong or, you know, even run even splits or negative splits, I think that goes a long way in carrying over to your, your mental training um, and establishing a positive race mindset. Um, you know, when, when we're talking about people running like their first marathon coming up, cause I know we're talking about pacing plans here, you know, we definitely want to align the pacing plan to your goal. And if you're a first time marathoner, your goal might just be to like Victoria said, she didn't really have a time goal. She did in the back of her head. But, um, I think thinking more about like how you want to feel at certain parts of the race, like, um, you know, maybe your goal is just to run the whole thing or maybe to do eight to one, you know, run to walk ratio, something like that where it's more um, of, of a goal that you can focus on throughout the race and not be so tied up on the outcome at the end, like the, the time at the end. So, um, you know, if you're someone, I have a few athletes right now who they're probably around the shape that it would take to qualify for a BQ um, and they're running a fall marathon, but because of all the unknowns with this year and with, with next year, the BQ times potentially being you know, really, really tough to get in new because everyone that didn't get to run this year, their time's going to be grandfathered in. Um, I think they just, they want to go out and just have a good marathon this year. It's, it's all about just going out, maybe running a PR, feeling good, not putting that pressure on themselves to run the time. So again, focusing on the process, 
um, setting them out up for success during the race, um, how they want to feel. So their pacing plan um, isn't going to be necessarily tied to that BQ time, even though they may be, you know, on an A day, they may be able to achieve that time. Um, yeah, so I think it's, it really depends on, you know, what are your goals and um, what you're hoping to get out of the race this year. But keep in mind, this, this year's just been weird. So, um, you know, if you're someone that's been out there, you've been, you've been crushing your workouts, you've done more harder training than you've ever done before, hopefully your physical, uh, you know, your physical training has been elevated to a point where you can go out. And as long as you, you know, approach the race smartly and you don't go out too hard and kind of um, overstep the red line, then you should hopefully come away with a pretty, pretty good performance. Yeah, that's a lot of really good information. And, you know, I think a lot of people can really relate to, you know, getting caught up in those time goals and all of those things. But it's just really important to also understand how you want to feel at different points of the race. I know you kind of touched on that in, uh, you know, your response and then even in some previous podcast episodes, just how you want to feel at each point of the race. And I definitely think we're going to get more into that um, later in this episode. But, you know, some people listening are like, I just don't even have a starting point for like where my fitness is at at all. So, you know, you may have done all of your training and, you just are totally confused. And that's totally understandable because I remember, you know, lining up for my first marathon and having absolutely no idea. Um, so I guess the biggest thing is that understanding that miracles don't really happen on race day. And I think that's like the biggest, that's the biggest caveat here. So you want to look at how your training went as a whole. Um, were you training consistently? Were you doing the workouts? How did you feel during workouts? Right? So like, Were you crushing it? Um, Was it more of a hit or miss sort of thing? These are all things that you want to look at um, when you go to coming up with what sort of pace range we could be potentially talking about on race day. Because, you know, we don't want you to hyper focus on the pace, but it is important to know you know, what you're going to do at this, when the gun goes off. Cause we don't want to just go out there and be like, Oh, you just, just run completely off of feel. We want to kind of have a range of where's your fitness level at and how are we going to execute that? So I would look at, you know, your training as a whole over the course of the last three, four months. Um, also looking at your running background. So have you been running for, you know, only one or two years or have you been running for, you know, decades at a time? These things are going to make a little bit of a difference when it comes to your experience level and how aggressive we can be with um, your pacing plans. So another, you know, thing that you would look at is your workout paces. So if you did any workouts within the course of your training, so when I say workouts, I mean tempo runs, um, you know, speed workouts on the track or just anything where you were going faster than an easy pace, these are going to give you some sort of indication of where your fitness is at. Um, you know, and they mean different things. So if you're doing your tempo runs, a tempo run essentially is when you're doing, you could be doing mile repeats at this pace with minimal rest. You could be doing, you know, five miles at a time at a specific pace. Um, really not doing any more than probably five miles at that pace. Your marathon pace is probably going to be about 30 to 45 seconds slower than your threshold pace. Um, We really want to make sure that we don't, you know, over assess your fitness. So it's hard to like stay on this podcast, be like, well, if you, if you can run five miles at a certain pace, you know, your marathon pace is X. 
it's just saying, you know, if you go out there and you, you've been doing tempo runs three, four, five miles consecutive of, you know, a tempo where it feels comfortably hard and it's faster than what you normally do on an easy day, um, you can bet that your marathon pace is probably about 30 to 45 seconds per mile slower than that pace. Um, if you're looking at your long run paces, I'm going to assume that most of your long runs are done at an easy pace because that's kind of what we promote and what we have, you know, said a lot on this podcast. But, um, you know, if you're long runs, if you've been starting at a fast pace and then slowing down on all of them, that's kind of an indication to me that maybe you are going a little bit too fast on your, you know, long run days. But really they say, you know, your marathon pace should be about, a minute per mile um, faster than your easy pace. So it really, it really depends on how you've been training, right? So if you've been training correctly, it gets easier to assess where your marathon pace is. But if you haven't been, it can be this really hard like trick to figure out, you know, like where are you really at? Um, so if you, you know, chat with one of us or are confused at all, we'd be happy to like throw out a pacing plan and just like assess what you've been doing because. We have a lot of experience looking at people's um, training, even if they've done zero workouts and being able to say, okay, we think you're, you're kind of in this range for, you know, marathon race or half marathon, um, just given, you know, key factors. But again, everyone's different. Um, and another way that you can kind of get an idea for where your fitness is at is the uh, VDOT calculator online. And this is one that, that can get tricky because... The marathon time that it's going to shoot out for you is going to be um, on the extremely aggressive side. So we want you to put in, if you're going to go in here, put in a recent race result of a long distance race that you've done recently. So half marathon, 30K, you know, anything that's long. We don't want to give you a marathon, you know, prediction based on what your one mile PR is. Um, you know, we could do that for, we did that once for someone that Jason went to college with. We put in like his 800 meter PR. Um, and he's very much a short distance guy. Like this guy is super fast, all American. Um, and it split out that he should be able to run like a 208 marathon. And it's like, okay, yeah, obviously he probably maybe has the potential to perhaps do that given the speed that he has, but this person never really trained appropriately. It never had the base to be able to do that. So in order to just make the jump from an 800 meter or one mile runner to the marathon distance, that's going to take years of training specifically for the marathon. Um, So you really have to be careful about what sort of times you're putting in there So if you're someone that ran in college and high school and middle school and you're going to be plugging in like a 5K time, um, you know, you're going to, you probably as an athlete have an advantage at the 5K because you've just spent 10 plus years of your life training specifically for that distance. Um, So when it comes to marathon race day, it's going to be a different uh, ball game. You're not as experienced um, and you might need to go with a less aggressive goal. Whereas if you're someone who has been running marathons for, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, uh, it, it, it becomes more of a realistic uh, game when you plug in, you know, like a half marathon time and it'll say, here's your marathon time. 
Um, and really, you know, I'll plug in my time, for example, here, and it's going to say, you can if you can run a half marathon at like X pace, then your marathon pace is about 20 to 30 seconds per mile slower. And even for me as someone who's ran, you know, uh, how many, 19 marathons, I still find that goal a little bit aggressive for me personally. Um, I would take what this spits out and add five to 10 minutes on this, um, just given my own personal experience level. So knowing that this is going to be like a very aggressive goal that it gets you and then just adding some time to it, I think is a good starting point for people if they are interested in using that. And that's a VDOT calculator. Um, so Jason, when it comes to coming up with your race days or for, you know, pacing plans for your athletes or for yourself personally, do you like to use the calculator or do you have like your own calculations that you try to figure out based on specific workouts that you do? Yeah, originally I use a calculator to figure out like the athlete's paces um, and then, you know, those I'll set training, training accordingly. Um, but to figure out like the pacing plan, I'll just look at recent workouts or any races that they did. Um, but I'll look for the kind of the patterns, um, in the workout. So if it's going to be a half or a full, I'm definitely looking at those longer, you know, steady state runs, looking at how consistent they were, um, you know, maybe up to how long they were holding that pace for. I'm looking at progression runs, um, threshold runs for sure. Again, looking at, um, you know, how close they are to the prescribed paces, and then um, if, it, if it's a shorter race, definitely looking at the speed endurance and all the intervals to see, you know, and as a, for a lot of my athletes, I'm, I'm reviewing their logs, you know, throughout the course of the month. So I, I have a pretty good feel for, you know, their tendencies as an athlete. Um, and then, you know, the longer I work with someone, I just kind of know like how many races they've done. And, um, you know, a lot of times we, you know, a lot of times as a coach, it's, it's tough when athletes go to races and they don't meet their expectations, but then we take, we try to take something from that race and apply it to future races. So, um, you start to get to know like the athlete and, um, you know, their struggles in the past. And so maybe if they had a certain struggle in the past, we try to, um, keep that in the forefront of our mind when we do design the, the pacing plan for the next race, um, you know, to try to avoid that same problem from occurring. So, Again, it's it's definitely an individualized thing when we look at pacing plans, um, but yeah, I think a lot of it depends on the the distance for sure, and then their experience. Yeah, definitely, and you know, just for people listening, like when you say athletes have different tendencies, for example, uh, what does that mean? I mean, you can use me as an example. What is my tendency in a race, and so based on that, how would you adjust my own? personal, you know, pacing plans for a race and what advice would you give me based on my tendencies? Um, yeah, for you, it's, it's, uh, it would kind of depend on the distance, but let's just take a 5k cause you've ran a lot of 5ks and I feel like a lot of them, you've, your first mile is always really good. Um, second mile is probably usually the weakest. And then your third mile is somewhere in between, you know, your first and your second mile, um, pacing wise. Whereas I'm kind of the opposite. I like to treat it almost as more of an even split or even progression if I can. It kind of depends on the shape I'm in. If I'm in great shape, I won't do a progression. Um, I'll go out pretty hard, and then I'll try to finish hard. So I'm kind of like you, but it, it'll it just depend on the shape that we're, that we're both in. And I think for you, I would I'd probably 
just set you up to have a have a strong second mile and especially like probably uh right around that 10 minute mark that's where we really want to start dropping the hammer if it's a 5k so probably like 1.6 I, I want you to start focusing on picking it up um so yeah i think it'll depend on you know the you know i talked about mental training earlier and you know throughout those experiences and those races what you start to establish is like the comfort of running that pace and just being able to tolerate it um and push past like negative thoughts and so um you know i think that you've gotten more experience in that now in the 5k cuz you've done so many so i'd probably you know tr- treat it a little more aggressive of a goal now than i would have 3 4 years ago <clears throat> Yeah, no, that's really good advice. And it's interesting, you know, with the tendencies thing, um, how how many different tendencies you can have within the sport of running, even if, you know, you might be really good at the marathon or, you know, have struggles in the 5K. Um, so every race distance might be a little bit different. And as a coach, I think, you know, a lot of our job is to try to figure out, like, what are their tendencies at all of the various distances? And, like, how can we help them, like, overcome any sort of, like, weaknesses they have associated with um, any of, like, their natural tendencies? Um, and, you know, one of the ones that I see very commonly in more of, like, the long-distance stuff, um, obviously, is incorrect training, which is a whole different podcast episode. But when it comes to just, you know, race day execution, because, you know, I have athletes that'll follow the training plan to a T, put in all the work. Um, and then we kind of talk pacing plans and, you know, we come up with, okay, this is like your A, B and C goal. And so your A goal is like, if all the stars align and like, it's your number one goal of the day. Um, and we usually will come up with a pacing plan based on that goal. So, you know, if your goal on the marathon is to run sub four, for example, the ideal way to pace any race ever is negative splits. Um, it can be slight negative splits, but it could be you know more aggressive. Um, I always lean on the more aggressive side for people because I want them to build their confidence. I want racing to be a positive experience. And when you tell someone this is kind of like the goal, the outline to have more of an aggressive negative split, chances are they're probably going to go out too fast anyways is what I found out. Um, so we, we go for more of a, like an aggressive, um, two, three minute positive or negative split for the marathon or, um, half marathon distance. And so that means, you know, if you're going for a sub four, we might have your first mile be more of like a nine twenty, um, just to kind of like warm up, make sure you don't go out with the wrong group. There's a lot of benefits to not going out, um, with the specific pacing group that you want to be with because you don't want to force the pace early on and you want to ease your body into the the pace that we want to get you to run. Um, and a lot of the times, you know, in races, pacers and other people who claim that their goal is a certain pace will go out too fast anyway. So it's really important that first mile to kind of hold back. Um, but one of the biggest things that I see athletes do that I've been coaching for, you know, a long time, um, a tendency that I see that sets them up not for success is they say, okay, I get the pacing plan. I'm going to execute it. And then on race day, um, you know, instead of going out at that 920, they go out in an 850. Um, and that just completely ruins the entire race because you're off track from the first mile. You went out too fast. Um, and then it just sets up the rest of the miles for either going too fast, getting caught up in the crowd, not listening to your body, um, all of those sort of things. So it's really important to kind of 
nail especially like the first 5k 10k of these longer distance races um and that starts with that first mile so you know setting yourself up further back in the pack at the beginning of the race is one way to do that so you know if your race has pacers um and there's like a four-hour pacer and your goal is to run four hours you should be like well behind them because i have been in too many races where a pacer is holding up a sign that says they're gonna run a certain pace and they don't um the first time i tried to run sub 130 and a half you know, the pace for that, if you're a pacer, the sign says 652 per mile. And we went out in our first mile with 632. And that just, to me, it's just like, what are we doing here? You know, and it can be frustrating to trust someone else with uh, your pacing. And so that's why it's really important to take it kind of into your own hands. Like this is your goal. And so you need to make sure you're setting yourself up for success by running that first mile very controlled. And it would be better for you to go out slower than pace than to start too fast because negative splits are the best way to reach your potential in any long distance event in the sport of running. Um, and doing positive splits is like the number one way to run below your potential on race day. Um, so yeah, Jason, when you come up with the ABC goals, how do you kind of figure out what the different goals should be? And then like, what is like the pacing range within there? Yeah. Um, for let's take the marathon, uh, for example. So, you know, like, like you said, the, the range between like an A, B and C goal, First of all, I'm going to look at um, how experienced the person is of a marathon, and then how um, what their kind of what their goal is for the race. Like, do they have a time based goal, that sort of thing, um, and probably set up a goal is always going to be basically um, their ultimate goal. So, or sometimes it might even be faster than if they have a modest goal. You know, so it really just depends. And then um, I would say for the how many minutes in between, like ABC, that'll depend on their um, their experience in the marathon, um, kind of where they're running. So look, getting a feel for like the weather, that sort of thing, you know, is it going to be kind of hot and humid? Because if it is that, you know, people respond to heat differently. So I may have, have there be uh, more time in between, um, just to account for like how they may feel. And so, um, if the weather's going to be cooler, then I may have a little bit of a shorter range in between, but I would say for most people, you're looking at five or maybe 10 minutes between an ABC. So if you take like 350, it could be, um, like the, let's say 340 would be like an A goal, maybe 350 could be the B and four hours could be a C. Um, again, I'm going to also look at the experience in their PR to figure out like what have they ran before. If this person's ran, you know, 410, I don't know if a C goal would be four hours. That seems maybe a little aggressive. It'll, again, it'll depend on like their training, how long ago that was when they ran their 410. So, so many factors go into it. Um, you may do a 20 minute between goals if if it's um kind of a shot in the water like we don't have a clue what this person's capable of running because maybe they just started working with us we're not quite sure on their uh, what their training's been like and they have a race coming up or it's their first marathon so we really want to allow for a lot of room for them to either you know maybe they are going to feel good and re really exceed the paces or maybe they they blow up and slow way down and that's obviously possible too in a marathon so there may be 15 or 20 minutes between those goals so It'll just depend on the athlete. I think the more experienced an athlete is and the more times they've ran the marathon, we can start to get a, narrow it down to hopefully like a five-minute goal. You know, even myself being a 10-time marathoner, I've had good races and, 
you know, in the two forties, I've also had a three twenty five marathon. So, um, it'll really depend on like the training block leading up to the race. Um, I may do, do a five minute, um, window for myself or even a 10 minute window. It just depends on the training cycle leading up and, um, kind of those key workouts and other races and how I feel the fitness is at that time. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, what if your goal is just to finish, like, let's say it's your first marathon or second marathon, should you still have a pacing plan then for race day? Yeah, I'm going to set that up more about, um, you know, the miles, the mile splits to hang, to hang on to during the race. I'm not going to focus so much on kind of the the ultimate time at the end. I'm going to give them a range, like probably a 20 to 30 second per mile pace, pacing plan, especially early on. Um, and even let's say they've been running, I don't know, a lot of their training was like the 11 to 12 minute mile range. Um, I'm probably not going to go any faster than that. I know earlier Victoria mentioned that your marathon time or your marathon pace should be about a minute faster than your easy pace. Um, you know, to some extent, depending on how experienced you are, you, you, a lot of our athletes, if they're new to running and it's going to be their first marathon, their goal might just be to finish. So their, their pacing plan may be targeted at the same pace that they were doing a lot of their runs in. It may not be any faster. And then if they're feeling good, you know, at mile, I don't know, 16, 18, 20, then they have the green light to obviously pick it up, you know, by 20 to 30 seconds per mile, um, than what, than we, than what they're used to running. So, Again, it'll just depend, but a lot of times it's um, going to be, you know, a familiar pace to what they're used to running because we don't want to just throw them into a pace that's 30 to 30 seconds to a minute faster, and then they're not ready to handle it. So um, I have an athlete right now, her goal is just to run a, run a half, um, and she's running about five miles right now is her long run. She's got probably about two months or so to get up to that half distance, and obviously the pacing plan for her is going to be um, more around probably, um, you know, walk to want a walk to run ratio or give her like a one minute window of a pace to hit. It'll probably be like 12 to 13 minutes. Um, it's not going to be faster than anything she's used to running, um, because she hasn't achieved that distance before. So there's a lot of unknowns. So we just want to make sure that we set it up com- so that it's at least comfortable and familiar so that she can, come through the halfway point and feel like, oh, she can keep going. You know, we don't ever want someone to feel like they're going to doubt themselves from finishing. It's more about can they just sustain the pace that they're on. Yeah, I mean, and that just goes to kind of show how different um, different levels of athletes are. You know, sometimes we forget, like as runners, like we all start somewhere. And, you know, for some people, it's just about finishing and getting to that finish line. And so, like you said, it's just going to be, you know, going into easy pace or maybe even slower. Maybe we have a pacing plan where it's like, you know, if you get fatigued at the end, you do like a run-walk ratio, um, those sort of things. It's just about like, how do we get to that finish line? Um, but I guess, you know, that kind of goes into another question for someone who's maybe a little bit more experienced or for someone who maybe did their first or second or third marathon and they had, you know, that experience where they like, quote unquote, blew up. Like, for example, you know, my first marathon, I, I wouldn't define it as blowing up, but definitely at the end, um, I had some struggles, a lot of walking and, you know, my pace ended up being about three minutes per mile slower the last four or five miles than the rest of, you know, my race. And I think a lot of people have that like fear, like, uh, I don't want that to happen again. And, um, it can kind of be, I, I get a lot of 
messages from, you know, just the running community in general on our Instagram. Like I always hit the wall at mile 20, 21, 22. How can I become stronger? Like, should I do more 20 milers? And it's just such a common question. Like, how do you avoid blowing up or hitting the wall at, you know, the last 10 K of the marathon? Um, and then going back to like the pacing plan, how should you develop that if you're someone that has struggled with, you know, hitting the wall? Yeah, this is interesting. I, um, I think obviously we want to start slower. Um, always try to focus on a negative split, especially, you know, if, if you've really never negative split a race before, that can be really hard to go and do it in a marathon. So you want to try to do it with a shorter race first. So you kind of get, um, a feel for what it's like. You get that confidence. Um, you know, you, you teach yourself to be very disciplined and to really hold back. And then, you know, when it's go time, then, then it's really time to um, pick it up. So I think that you want to do it in a shorter race first and then maybe try it in a half and then obviously in a full. We can work on it in your races or in your workouts um, and just your everyday easy runs. Um, and then for the marathon, I, I'll, I'll ask athletes that I am working with, like, can I – do you remember your splits from this race or I'll look back on their Garmin or their Strava and, and I'll see like how successful they were, um, at, you know, being consistent or just at what their mile paces or what their splits were per mile. So I can kind of get a feel, um, for what went well for them or what I think we need to tweak for this, this upcoming race. So, um, you know, and then I'll obviously create the pacing plan to, um, kind of alter that. And for a lot of athletes, it's, yeah, it's going to be just just the fact that we need to slow down because we need to get through halfway feeling confident. And that's what it's about is just kind of zoning out and not worrying so much about it, going off of effort. And then when you, um, you know, when you get to that second half of the race, you definitely need to be able to, to execute a strong finish. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, you know, always starting slower. So a lot of people who say, you know, I hit the wall at mile 20, 21, 16, whatever mile marker. Um, if we ask like, what was your pacing plan? Usually I think those people say that their intention was to get faster at the end of the race. I think everyone goes into the race and they run the first five miles envisioning yep, I'm going to run faster at the end. Um, Everyone has that in mind and I think they want to achieve negative splits. But the thing is, is like you have to execute that correctly then. You can't start too fast. And so going back to one of the people that I was kind of referring to who wanted to run a four-hour marathon, um, it was, you know, pacing plan. We want that first mile at 9:20. Um, we want to get to marathon pace, you know, around that like 9:05 pace by, you know, mile four or whatever. Um, you know, and so the first race they maybe did, you know, nine minute pace for their first mile, and then they said, oh, like that is starting slow. So they because they they felt that that was slow enough for them to start. But the thing is, is like, if it says the start at 920, that means like start at 920 or slower. Or, you know, if you see a pacing plan and it says like, okay, start at an eight minute pace and you start at like a 755, like those actually are two different paces. And I think, you know, sometimes people want to act like the rules maybe don't apply to them. So they want to like make excuses for, oh, even if I would have done that, it wouldn't have made a difference because you could argue that 
me going out in a 755 versus an eight minute mile shouldn't have caused me at the end of the race to blow up and miss my goal by 10 minutes. Um, but in reality, it's like, what was really going on? You have to really dissect like what was going on mentally. Um, kind of like what, how did you feel that first mile? Because if you were forcing the pace and, and trying to run like a 755 on the dot or, you know, making yourself run faster than you should have, when in reality, if you would have been listening to your body and you would have ran like an 810 for that first mile, um, we don't know how your race would have gone in the end. And I think it's just really hard to trust that if you do start slower, you will feel better at the end of the race because a lot of people who have had those race experiences where they blow up at the end, they start to think, well, what if I start slow and then I also blow up at the end? And they they have a hard time like conceptualizing like how much slower their, you know, race result would end up being and that it won't really matter. And so I think taking just a marathon cycle or a cycle focusing on shorter distances, like you were saying, where you can allow yourself that space to practice negative splits and get in the habit of okay, we're going to start slow and I'm going to prove to myself that yes, I can finish strong. Yes, this does work. Because ultimately, if you're blowing up in a race or if you're slowing down in a race and not reaching your goal, chances are you have like a huge opportunity and a huge gap um, to just really like hit a way faster time than you are hitting. Um, And the biggest thing holding you back is the pacing. And so if you can just get the pacing right from the beginning and starting way slower than you think you should, um, you're going to end up with a better result kind of like regardless. So like we said, kind of leave the ego at the door and really focus on negative splits. And that might mean slowing down way more than you're comfortable with and way more than you think you should, but that's going to be the optimal um, way to go about that. So another thing that, you know, we get asked a lot, you know, starting even two months, three months out from a goal race, a lot of athletes kind of want to know like what their pacing plan is for the race, which is, uh, it's fun to like have goals in mind, like to just keep you motivated or whatever. Um, but I think sometimes when we get to like the nitty gritties of, no, I want to see like the pacing plan broken out mile by mile. Um, how do you, like, do you think that it's beneficial to memorize a mile by mile, like what pace you should be hitting or what is your stance on that? Ooh, good question. I think I want a person to know like the first two miles for sure. Like what is the range? And then I want them to know at what point should they be hitting their goal marathon pace? Um, Cause that, that will depend, that will be different for every person. Like for myself, I may not hit my goal marathon pace till mile like nine, just because that's when I start to feel comfortable with, in my head with, okay, you're, you're, you've, you know, you've, you've gotten through enough of this race now to kind of move into this, this marathon pace range. And for other people, they want to hit it sooner, right? Like they, there's a fear like, oh, I need to be running it by mile six or whatever. Um, so I think it'll just depend. And I may not even hit it until halfway through. Sometimes I may just be slightly behind it. So I would say starting the marathon, probably 25 to 30 seconds, at least per mile slower. That's just how I like to go out. Um, and then just slowly kind of chipping away at, at getting closer to the marathon pace, kind of a gradual progression. And I think of this as more of just um, progression of effort, you know, like a lot of times it does feel super easy at the beginning and that's good. It should feel like 
probably, I don't know, like a five out of 10. It shouldn't feel that hard. It should feel like you can sustain it. And then when we get to about that halfway point, obviously you should be at your marathon pace by then. Um, so that's where you still want to feel like a seven out of 10, just because you want to feel like you have so much more to give. Like the race is only half over. So you need to feel like you have tons of, you know, fuel in the tank at that point. Um, and then, you know, I want them to know later in the race, like what, what's kind of like the max, like, okay, don't go beyond this pace just because that's not going to be good. And, um, obviously that's never going to be, or that's only going to be an issue probably from like 13 through like 23. Cause if they're going beyond that pace at 24, 25, that's a good thing. That means they're feeling really strong, right? In the last 5K. But um, so there kind of be the three things to focus on there. The, the beginning pace, um, when should you be at your marathon goal pace? And then what's like your kind of the cap? Don't go beyond this pace until this, this point of the race. Um, because otherwise, it, we just there's too much to memorize if you're breaking it down mile by mile. Um, Again, this may look different depending on the course. I know with Boston, for example, the first mile is downhill. So that's really hard to scale back and to be 30 seconds per mile slower than your goal pace. So for that course, it may be a little bit less, you know, maybe 15 or 20, but then mile two and three might be a little bit slower. So it'll just depend on the course, um, you know, as well as the experience. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think going more with speed limits and having, you know, those numbers in your head of, okay, this is my absolute limit during this part of the race. This is my limit during that part of the race. Um, And not focusing too much on where you need to be at each mile and all that stuff because, you know, we want you to be able to listen to your body. So you want to go into a race with like, you know, some autonomy to say, hey, you know, the first mile, I I feel a bit more sluggish um, and it's okay to go slower than. So a lot of these pacing plans that you can get, it's like you feel like if you don't hit the split or go faster than the split that's written down that you're somehow failing or you're you're not going to hit your goal. Um, And that can kind of cause people to stop listening to their body. So it's really important to like tune in internally and ask yourself how you're feeling at each point during the race. Um, So a lot of pacing plans that we will send out to our athletes, um, they go over how you should be feeling at each point during the race. And that really helps people kind of break it down more into how you should feel at each section of the race, as opposed to where you should be at in terms of your pacing um because pacing is just you know we want to focus on what is the limit like we don't want to go too fast but you really don't want to be so focused on it that you lose sight of how you're feeling because you want to be able to give your body some you know autonomy to say okay this mile was a little bit tougher there was like a little bit more of a climb than i thought but i'm just going to go based on effort um whereas if you try to like hit the same mile every single time it's just not gonna, you know, lead to an optimal performance. So I think really just focusing on how you want to feel and then tuning in the final weeks of training and um, doing some pace work at your goal race pace um, and being able to jump in and out of that pace and know exactly how you want it to feel um, and just getting more in tune with your body instead of focusing too much on a specific pacing plan mile by mile. Um, you want to know more about how you want to feel than what pace you want to be at. So I hope that this was useful to anyone. Um, We definitely do pacing plans and we even do, you know, phone consultations for people who want to talk about pacing plans or if you just want to like, you know, get some things out and get the opinions of a coach. Um, We definitely do phone consultations. We do pacing plans. We'd be happy to get you set up with something. Um, If you ever want to chat, you can fill out the form on our website, www.run4prs.co. You can fill out the form there and we can get you set up with something right away. So thanks for tuning in.